we're going to go to the book of Luke uh, and begin to read in the 21st chapter, and we're going to read verses 25 and 26. Um, Luke chapter 21, verses 20, 25 and 26. Uh, while you're, uh, well, I'll do that in a second. This is what Jesus said concerning the end time, the time that you and I are living in right now. There will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. You would think Jesus just wrote that a couple of days ago, didn't you? But he wrote it 2,000 years ago, Brother Bobby. Verse 26, Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. Heavenly Father, if I ever needed your anointing, I need it now. Oh, God. Help us somehow to see the nearing of your coming. Help us. Brother Bobby told us to put on that whole armor so we can stand. Speak to us right now from your word in the mighty and majestic name of Jesus. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I will tell you again, as I told you two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, when I began this message, I do not claim to be a prophet. I do not claim to understand everything that's unfolding from the Word of God in relation to His second coming and the tribulation period. Every minister that God calls, I believe He calls each one with the, and gives them a particular calling. And from my earliest days in the ministry, God has dealt with me in the area of prophecy more than any other thing. And just a kid preaching under a tent. The longest message sermon that I've ever preached was two and a half hours long after days of fasting and prayer. And God gave me some things that wasn't going on then that we see happening now. 
and I give him glory, I give him praise that we we are nearing we are nearing that time. Since we have begin this as, as the second part, I'm going to call this, of course, the overall message is the ensuing time of trouble. I'm going, this part, I'm going to talk about the, the distress of nations. The distress of nations. There will be signs, we'll read the text again, there will be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, men's heart failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. The events which have unfolded in the last few days, as I've already told you, have encouraged me to continue the message that I began a few weeks ago entitled The Suing Time of Trouble. I used the scripture and I didn't give this. Uh, to Brother Sean, but we began this message from Daniel, uh, where the book of Daniel said, and I believe it was the 12th chapter in the first verse, that there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation and never will be again. But the good part of that was he said that thy people shall be delivered. And that's what Brother Bobby was talking about a while ago. Hallelujah. Uh, I had no idea when I preached, began that message, I had no idea of the impending disaster which would befall Japan, Hawaii, and the western coast of America. Those people that was washed away in that whole town, they didn't have they didn't have a warning, they didn't have a chance. But Americans are just plain stupid. They had hours and hours of warning that the tsunami was going to hit the western coast. We had Americans washed out to sea, standing on the shore trying to take pictures of the waves coming in. Go figure. Hallelujah. That, but that goes to show, that goes to show right there that people don't really take seriously warnings that are given. Hallelujah. There are people who will hear a word like what you're hearing today and they won't take it seriously at least not seriously enough to let it make a change in their life. And I didn't have no idea of that disaster was coming when I began this message. But those events have arrested my spirit in such a way that we need to be in prayer for that nation and those people because while we are yet here in this service, there are people that are still trapped over there that they haven't rescued yet. Some may die before they get to them. These events have arrested my spirit in such a way that I feel I should not delay the second part of the message, 
the distress of nations. Now, I'm going to begin by clarifying two words. Now, this message shouldn't be long because it's just the tail end of what I've already began. But as you know by that first message that I preached, you know, this is, this is not a, a fireball message. This is more teaching uh, uh, than anything else. But there are two words that I want to clarify that we should understand fully the biblical meaning of them. The first word is, is the word distress. Said there would be distress of nations. Now, if you go back and look at the Greek word, and I'm not going to get into that. I've got the word wrote down here in front of me and all that stuff. won't benefit you, um, or whatever. But what it means is anxiety, anguish, and to be gripped with fear. Anxiety and anguish, and to be gripped with fear. I don't know if anybody here has ever had had fear to get a hold of them so bad. Maybe things or whatever have happened or whatever, but I'm going to tell you something. It's not a good thing to be gripped in fear. It's not good at all. It's not good at all to have anxiety and, and anguish in your life. I've had those things, and I, I would say peace is far better. Amen? Hallelujah. So when we talk about distress, we're talking about anxieties, anguish, to be gripped with fear. And then that word perplexity, and this is Brother Bobby talked about that word a while ago. When all them people on TV and CNN and Fox and all that was questioning, what shall we do? The word perplexity, it means to be at a loss, to be confused, to be baffled, and to be bewildered. That's the Greek word there, perplexly, to be at a loss. Hallelujah. To be confused, to be baffled, to be bewildered. Jesus says that there would be distress or anxiety, anguished, and nation, whole nations gripped with fear. The tragedy is still not over. They're doing everything they can to have to keep from having a complete nuclear meltdown. And one, one program I watched this morning has got uh, nuclear physicists in our nation concerned about our whole western coast that said if there was a total meltdown and, uh, and the wind, and easterly winds uh, blew then our whole western seaboard could have nuclear fallout. This radiation get in the atmosphere. Uh, they're doing everything they can do to keep that from happening. They're pumping seawater in there and all that kind of stuff. Jesus said there was going to be anxiety and anguish and nations gripped with fear. And when these things happening, the leaders and, and, and the presidents and the kings and uh, and everybody is going to be at a loss of what to do. They're going to be confused. They're going to say they're going to be pulling their hair out. They're going to be wondering. They're going to be baffled. They're going to be bewildered. What what can we do? 
You see, the human spirit has given mankind the strength, fortitude, and ingenuity to overcome the greatest obstacles and odds which have always come against us. Amen. Simply put, we've always, as Americans and people in other nations, we've always, uh, since the beginning of time, been able to conquer and to find a way out of any situation or trouble. Amen. There's been some hard times. There's been some difficult times. When, uh, when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor and put our country in such a fix, caught us so much off guard. The American people came together in such a way, with such a spirit of resilience, that they come back and was the major force in defeating Hitler and all the things and atrocities that was going on. We've always been able to fight our way out of any situation or trouble. I mean, they've come, but we've conquered them. As Americans, we've been able to stand tall. We've been knocked down, but we've always got back up, shook ourselves off out of off the dust, and go on. But Jesus said, the ensuing time of trouble is going to hit this land where all nations will be in distress. the ingenuity of the brightest minds will be at a loss. They will be confused. They will scratch their heads and pull their hair out trying to figure out some kind of formula, some kind of way, some, some kind of plan. But they're not going to be able to find it because the only plan is what Brother Bobby was talking about a while ago. And the reason why the world ain't going to find that plan is because they've always rejected Jesus. So the world does not have a hope. I cannot give the world a hope in this message today. But as I told you when I began this message, I'm not preaching this message to put a fear into you, amen, and to be a prophet of doom, hallelujah, because you, if you are blood-washed and blood-bought, baptized in His name, filled with the Spirit, spoke in other tongues when the Holy Ghost came, hallelujah, you got the armor of God, hallelujah, you got the armor of God, and even though a nuclear facility could make down. There ain't nothing that can melt down the armor of God. Hallelujah. Can't nothing overheat the armor of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can't no bullets penetrate the armor of God. Can't no weapon go through the armor of God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. 
this ensuing time of trouble of these end time days will bring such a distress of all nations that the staunch human spirit will at last and finally be broken. Now, if you are taking notes, I would urge you to write down a list of ten things I'm fixing to give you for you to keep so you can have them there and watch for them that when you get up one day and turn on your news and you see it, your mind would bow back to remembrance. I heard this. Hallelujah. There's a top ten list of events that I have put down from my spirit that I believe we should be concerned with leading up to the one world government takeover and the tribulation period. As these events begin to transpire and take place, every time you check one off, you can say we're that much closer to the one world government takeover and the tribulation. The first one is continued unrest in the Middle East Arab nations. Continued unrest in the Middle East Arab nations. One by one, all these individual little dictators that's kept those countries tied up and sewed up, one by one, they're going to all fall. We've already seen that happen. It began in Egypt. You remember what I talked about, the domino effect, in the, in, in when I was preaching the last part of this message? That domino effect started with a dictator in Egypt. You see, something is going to transpire that will unify all those Arab nations to where you ain't got one dictator over here fighting against another dictator over here that's going to, um, that's all concerned about themselves and their power and their throne and their control. They've got to come together and unite under one leader, and they're going to join in with Russia and with some other nations to come and battle against the land of Israel in the Battle of Armageddon. So the continued unrest in the Middle East Arab nations, you can really almost check, put a check mark by that as uh, you wrote it down because we're seeing that being fulfilled. And, and let me say this. 
these things that I have listed that I'm giving you will not necessarily come in the order that I'm giving them. Some of them could come before others. Uh, the order is not what I'm preaching on or teaching to you about. It's just the totality of all these events that I feel has got to take place leading up to the one world takeover government uh, and the tribulation period. The second one, that you better hold your horses, is fixing to happen, is, the in, is inflation in the U.S. and around the world. Inflation in the U.S. and around the world. With all the problems that we've had to face in this economy, economic crisis that we've been going through, we had not had to worry about inflation. It's been kept in check. Uh, a whole lot primarily because of the Fed keeping interest rates so low. And those of you who could remember how inflation was in the 70s, what I'm talking about here now is going to make that look like a picnic. We're going to begin to see inflation skyrocket in this country. But right now, I'm not, I'm not no millionaire, and I, I don't have no whole, whole lot of money. But when I go to the grocery store, Sister Darlene, and we and pushing that buggy around, and we go through the grocery store, for the most part, if there's something that I see I want, I get it. I might look at the price and, you know, swallow a little bit hard. But if I really want it, I go ahead and get it. And I thank God that he's, he's blessed me to be able to do that. You know, I mean, there are, t there are times, I mean, to me, there, there's nothing better than, uh, than bologna. Hallelujah. On some crackers and some hot sauce or some sardines and some hot sauce and crackers. <laughs> Hallelujah. But there's some times, there's some times that I say it's time to push that stuff in the background. I want a T-bone. Hallelujah. And, <laughs> and when I think that it's been long enough that I've been without it, I'm going to pay the few extra bucks, and I'm going to go ahead and get it. But what I'm telling you about right now, when this inflation begins to go sky high through the roof, there's going to be a lot of folks going to have to say no to a lot of things that you've never said no to before. Amen. If, if you can even find, even find some of the products. So, inflation and uh, what is happening right now, a lot of people don't realize what's going on in Japan right now could be the thing that's going to set that off. I recently learned something about Japan and the Japanese yen 
that I didn't know before. I just learned it in the last couple of days. And I'll get that to you in a minute. The third thing is Japan's economic fall. I believe that the economy in Japan will fall and crash that will send shock waves like a tsunami and hit us. It seems kind of funny. Sister Darlene mentioned this. You know, they've been talking about how Japan is one of our staunchest allies. And it's amazing, you know, how one time that they they was our enemy. And, man, I'm going to tell you what. Man, then, them Japanese, when they, when they caught American soldiers back in uh, in the war, I mean, I'm going to tell you what. Read, read articles, and I've heard some stories of people who lived through it. Man, they, it was something else. But, you know, we got through all that time, and, and, and they're considered one of our strongest allies. And one reason, and this is something that I didn't I didn't know this. Maybe maybe you did. Some of you maybe been on top of this more than what I have. But Japan has pulled more money into our economy than just about any other nation. Japan has purchased trillions of dollars of U.S. bonds. Japanese holds. I, 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 I seen somebody talk about it on one of the new broadcasts, and I immediately went online to begin to do some research. And they, over the past several years, have purchased U.S. savings bonds. Millions of dollars worth. And one broadcaster the other day says, oh God, if this disaster in Japan becomes such a catastrophe that they need to cash in those bonds and we don't have the money to pay them, just, just, just think about that, folks. If Japan crashes, the tsunami wave of it financially will hit this nation. We're connected at the hip economically. Hallelujah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that before. But we are. That's a fact. And so, let's continue. There will be an attack on Iran's nuclear facilities. We've been playing around with Iran while they gather up all this plutonium and put all this ability to create a nuclear bomb. Telling everybody, 
Oh, yeah, we're, we're developing and getting uranium and all this, but it's for peaceful methods. We want to, we want to do it. it. We want to do it for energy and, and all that. If you know that, anything about Iran and that crazy leader over there, and you believe that, I got some oceanfront property in Arizona I want to talk to you about. While our leaders and leaders in other nations are sitting back and they're putting all this together right under our nose and everybody knows it's happening, but nobody yet has acted on it, somewhere down the line there will be an attack on Iran's nuclear facilities. And I'll tell you who where to come from. You said it, brother. Israel will not allow Iran to develop a nuclear weapon. It would be total destruction for them if they allowed that. And whether or not they get the backing and support of the United States and the United Kingdom and some other uh, nations or not, if it's not stopped... Sooner or later, there's going to be a bombing of those nuclear facilities in Iran, and that's going to start a domino effect that things are going to start happening. The next one is China's growing economic and military might. All these other things we've been talking about and going on, everything. I'm gonna tell you something, and we've been we've been caring, we care on about these other countries, uh, 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 you know, not having human rights and uh, and 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 not uh, standing up for human rights and all that stuff. But yet our our governmental leaders and we've got corporations in this nation, amen, sitting back with a deaf ear and turning their head to what China is doing to people that had never been anywhere atrocities against human rights like what's going on in China. But yet this country, and nobody else says nothing about it, we stay out of the way because we've been making too much money. But they're building up a force, folks. They're building up something. And they're going to wake up, and the world's going to wake up one day, and they're going to, they're going to see this great giant force looming over the whole world, and people's going to say, where in the world did y'all come from? Go into Revelations and find out about a several million man army coming out of the east. Hallelujah. That ain't the Middle East. That's the Far East. Hallelujah. And then we're going to have an introduction of a global currency. Now remember, these things I'm telling you are things that's going to transpire and take place prior to a one-world government takeover. There will be a global type of currency, some kind of way that will come together, that will tie all currencies together before this system takes over. It's going to be in place. This next one, 
you can count on is the formation of a Palestinian state. The Palestinians are going to develop their state, and I believe, I feel, that all of these dictators falling and toppling uh, is going to lead towards that. And right now, the PLO are trying to talk to the UN. If you keep up with any of this stuff right now, they want to try to push this and get this thing in and get, get their own state developed before the current administration leaves the White House because he's more favorable to Arabs than he is Jews. That's a fact. And he's got he's got some hidden loyalties. Brother Darrell, he's got some hidden loyalties. Hallelujah. There's going to be a formation of a Palestinian state. And then there's going to be the U.S. national debt default. Folks, it don't matter about Republican or Democrat or Independent or Whig or whatever, or Whig or Wom or what. But it's an impossibility to keep building up debt in your own finances or in the finances of a nation. Spin, 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 spin. I'm not going to get into arguing with you, well, uh, uh, this program and that program and all this. I'm going to tell you, folks, it don't matter what the program is. You can't keep providing for it. You can't get doing it if you don't have the money to do it with. What is fixing to take us down right now is our government for a long time has been printing money that there's not enough gold in Fort Knox to back it up. Hallelujah. Amen. If you and I, if you and I would start doing tomorrow what our U.S. government's been doing for several years, we would been we'd be found guilty. What's the word I want when you print money and make money counterfeit? Whatever. It's paper. It's 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 paper, but it it, it it's, it's no good. It's no good. I can't believe the debt that we're in. I mean, don't don't, don't none of us don't ain't none of us try to figure out what uh, to try to think what a trillion dollars is. I mean, that's infinable. I mean, we. Uh, and it go, it, it, it's going on and on. It's, I mean, this ain't this ain't just a spiritual insight, folks. This is just plain common sense. It's gonna topple. It's gonna fall. It's gonna collapse. And there's no way to pay that debt right now. If they taxed you 100 percent of all your income, they still couldn't take care of it. Can't happen. Hallelujah. 
And sooner or later, all this money that we've been borrowing from other countries, this national debt, sooner or later, this country will have to default. All this stuff has got to happen to come together for a one-world government, a one-world currency. It's all got to happen. The breakdown of national sovereignties where no country has no borders. My Lord. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank God for a plan. Say, thank God for a plan. Hallelujah. It, we can't linger on this very much because if you think about it much, it, it, it is depressing. But we've got to remember that we're children of the King. Hallelujah. We're in the church. There's a reason why we're here. There's going to be greater geological disasters and weather changes. Can you bring up some pictures that I gave you, Sean, this time? Can you get it up there? There's going to be greater geological disasters. A few years ago, I want you to look at that. Go up with the next one, brother. Get us another one. In 2004, after that, I told this church that this is an end time event we would see more and more of them, and they'd be greater. Go up with the next one. I want you to look at that wall of water. That was a tsunami to hit in countries all across the Indian Ocean in 2004 where over 230,000 men, women, and children died. The charlatans and the people who don't believe this message that we're preaching say, well, there's always been earthquakes and there's been floods and all this stuff. I'm going to tell you, ain't nothing like this ever happened in your lifetime and your daddy's lifetime and your grandma's lifetime. Not this severe, not this intense, not 230,000 people. Give us another one. I think you got... Look at that. That snapshot was taken somewhere off the Indian Ocean. All them people is fixing to be swept away and die. None of those people you're looking at are alive right now. They were running for their lives. But they didn't have a chance. Give us another one, brother. Back up. That's... I don't want that one. Okay. Hold right there for a moment. There's going to be, we ain't seen anything yet. 
There's going to be greater geological disasters and weather changes. I think Brother Bobby mentioned that. I mean, it ain't, look, I mean, you know, if you've seen, I mean, I know what's happened in Japan is overshadowed, but because it's been so terrible, they've had to pull in every now and talk about what's been going on up in the New England states and New Jersey and all the floods and stuff that's going on and things that are happening. This stuff is not just coincidence. It's not happenstance. Hallelujah. The tenth and final thing, and you just leave that picture up for right for a few more minutes, is the OPEC nations will refuse to accept American or U.S. dollars for oil. The day's coming. OPEC nations will refuse to accept the U.S. dollar for oil, in which all, all, uh, everything it's done is done in U.S. dollars. But more than likely, more than likely, they will start demanding everything go through the euro, more than likely. Don't know for sure, but more than likely. But that's a list of ten things that I could see in my spirit with what's been going on that we need to look out for and consider and be concerned with. As we see these ten things happening, we can check off as leading up to the one world government takeover in the tribulation period. Hallelujah. Global economic and geological chaos, along with political upheavals, is driving the distress and perplexity of the nations of this planet. All one must do to understand that the roots of the upheaval rock in America and the world at this very moment involve economics is to think on the acceleration, and think about this, the acceleration of events in the headlines since 9-11. It seems like when those tires fell on 9-11, all this stuff, it seemed, I don't know, it seemed like there was some de demonic influences that was let loose across the globe. Because all this stuff began to happen since 9-11, since September 11, 2001. That right there was 2004. And a list of other things has happened. It's been a decade of powerful disturbances beyond any experienced before. The 2004 Indian Ocean earthquake triggered a series of devastating tsunamis along the coast of, uh, of most land masses bordering the Indian Ocean. And I done told you this, killing over 230,000 people in 14 countries, inundating coastal communities with waves up to 100 feet high. Nobody 
in their right mind can say all the events that have been occurring are just what we've always had. The frequency and severity alone show these are end-time events. Brother Bobby mentioned that when he was talking. These are end-time events. We, church, we are racing toward the rapture of the church at supersonic speeds. We're racing toward the rapture at supersonic speeds. Jesus is returning, and you don't want to be left behind to experience the full blunt of the wrath of God on all those who have rejected His Word and His grace. Put up that other picture now. And that'll be the last one uh, I want you to put up. On your left is an old artist's description that used to be printed in, in some of the old Bibles. I remember seeing it in my dad's old Bible when I was a little kid. That's an artist's description of what he thought the Tower of Babel looked like when it was built. When they put together European urine, their parliament building in Strasbourg, and they called their architects and designs in, they blatantly designed the parliament building for the European Union, their building, to look like what you think. That's what it looks like. My friend, you're looking at the office complex that one day the, the man of sin will rule from. The ten toes of the image of the beast of Daniel. The ten heads of Revelation. The ten economic regions that this nation will be divided, this world will be divided into ten economic regions under a leader and each one of those ten will give their their thing over to uh, the Santa Christ spirit. They blatantly use pictures of the Tower of Babel. Folks, my God, I don't understand why more people can't wake up and smell the coffee. Bible says in Revelation, and I didn't I didn't get this one up here, that there'd be a woman riding a scholared colored beast and rep- representing the one world government and the one world religion married together and come together. If you if you could go around to the front and the bottom level, and I, and I got the picture of it, and you could look up online and get the picture yourself, if you uh, know how the, the right things to type in, they got a statue in the front of this place of a big bull and a woman riding across straddle the back of it with with flags of certain nations and crowns on her head. It's the woman and the beast of Revelation right there in black. Why? Because the world who don't know Jesus, who don't know have, have no spiritual uh, perception whatsoever, don't realize what it's really all about. I wish I'd have got that picture up, but I'm sorry that I didn't. I used it the last time that I, I taught on Revelation. I had it 
on the screen, uh, and it's destroyed now. Um, you know, a lot of my stuff, I got a lot of years of work that um, uh, I hadn't been able to get back. But I did find it again. That's how come I found this. And you can look it up yourself if you want to see it. It's there, uh, uh, there in the background. So you can thank you. You can take that off. I want to, <laughs> I thought I would get through this quicker. It just ended up, but I'm, I'm, I'm beating the clock again. This is something you just can't get started in and finish just in a minute or two. Uh, folks, let me wind this up by telling you that the rapture, and I mentioned this a few minutes, the rapture is fixing to take place. Jesus is soon coming for his church. There's going to be thousands upon thousands caught away, but there's going to be millions upon millions left behind. Romans chapter 2, verse 4 through 10. I've got to read it. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? But in the accordance with your hardness and impenitent hearts, you are treasuring up for yourselves wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds. Eternal life to those who were patient, continuance, and doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are, listen to this, to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also the Greek, but glory... Here's the plan. Here's why we don't have to be uh, uh, be doom and gloom. Glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Hallelujah. First Peter 4 and 17. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Think about that. Judgment starting right here. Judgment is starting in the church. But if judgment starts in God's house, the pillar on the ground of truth, what do you think is going to be the end of those who don't obey the gospel? I'm going to tell you what's going to be the end. Malachi chapter 4, verses 1, 2, and 3. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that shall leave them neither root nor branch. But to you, look to your neighbor and say, you, that fear my name, shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves in the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Brother Joseph, do you still have that soundtrack of that song that they sung a while ago? I want you to get ready to just start just playing that because I want right now, I want you to focus on the love of God. And I'm going to give an altar call. 
And now's the time. The day's the time. If there's anybody in here, if you've never prayed that prayer and asked God to forgive you of your sins, repent of your sins, and say, God, please forgive me. Help me to live for you. And then obey Him further in baptism and so the Spirit of God can, can fill your life. Church, listen. Churches are packed full of people who have dilly-dallied around with God. Amen. Churches everywhere are packed full of people who have dilly-dallied around with God, professing but not possessing, playing but not praying, having a form of godliness but denying the power of it by the casual, reckless, and carnal lives that they live. God told Noah before he sent the flood that my spirit should not always strive with man, Genesis 6 and 3. And Enoch, who lived between Adam and Noah, prophesied concerning the Lord's second coming to bring judgment on this earth. In the book of Jude, he said, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way, and all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Yes, Jesus is returning. And yes, there's going to be a time of trouble for this world like one who's never known. But God has a promise. Look at somebody and say, He's got a promise. That His people shall be delivered, and His saints will possess the kingdom. What can I do, Brother Sammy? Repent. Be baptized in His name. Be filled with the Spirit. That is your only hope of survival. Let's stand. If I was you, if I was in this house today, and I didn't have everything fixed up with my God, I'd run. I wouldn't walk. I'd run to an altar, and I'd fall down and say, Oh, God. Oh, God. Let me take advantage of your love. Let me take advantage of your grace. He loves you. He's not willing that any should perish. Oh, God. That all should come to repentance. Come on. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to God. Hallelujah. Folks, that time is here. I can't tell you it's going to be another 50. You've got another 50 years. I can't tell you you've got another 20 years. I don't believe it's going to be another 10 years. Come on. Church, pray. If you've got family members and laws, pray for them. Pray that they will humble himself and cries before it's